Welcome to the PR Ministries podcast. We're here with Michael Rocco and Celeste Guido. Hi. Check. I got that part right. Mary, here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're all up to date on our um, new PR Ministries Instagram. So this is going to be our first uh, guest on the PR Ministries podcast, and it was the guys from Me Without You. Do you want to talk about how that was, Dad? Well, I thought how appropriate, you know, what they mean to our family, and every time they roll through town, they stay here, which is quite an honor and just a blessing, because, you know, they're Philly family, good stuff, all good stuff, three good reasons. (laughs) There's more than that, eight good reasons. Well, Penny meets nine, but Penny didn't come. Okay, enough Sorry. of that. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's very appropriate that they are our first guest on a PR podcast because yes. they are an amazing group of men, and we love, love them people. like our own kids, and our kids love them, and they love our kids. So, and what would I be without you? You would me be without me you. without you, that's right. Um, yeah, and it was a very casual, uh, around the table discussion, very much like what, um, just happens anytime we have, uh, whether it be family or an artist over, um, just a little bit more directed with the questions. So it's fun to hear, uh, some of the early stories of the band and, um, what they have to how they mentally have to think about it, not only as a job and profession, but as something that um, they're doing for a creative release and they're also doing for their own families. Um, But still, like anything with uh, what we have in our lives, we have to hold it loosely and not make that our identity. Um, We get into some good discussions where everyone gets a little bit to say about that. Um, And yeah, it's. I think it's... Uh, something we're going to try and do more because there's plenty of people that uh, you've gone on the road with or that have come through Nashville to see you and um, there's just people of all walks of life and that's the cool part about what your ministry is. Yeah, I think what's cool is in the interview you did a great job of asking pertinent questions and one of which is just about their uh, background which I didn't know some of the background. I thought that was really cool to hear the history of the band and maybe everyone else knows it, but I, I was really encouraged and to hear each one of their insights and Beaver's insight about coming to our home and what to expect. And I think what was addressed spiritually about the platform and was really powerful, uh, their insights about, and again, about being family members. Cause when we met them, they were all single. None of them were married. Now they're all married and most of them fathers. Bless Ricky. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> Speaking and being their, their first baby. I think what's special about them is that it's it's just a given that they belong to us and the family unit. They do our laundry when they get here. We eat a bunch of food around the table. We yeah, laugh. Yeah, you went through 24 eggs at least. Oh, yeah. And that's not for my non-vegan family. The vegans don't even eat the eggs. So oh, yeah. yeah. Mom knows everything diet 
uh, and taste preference for those guys. Um, She's got to be really flexible. As Ruth Graham said, in her life she has to be very flexible. You would call her a loose woman. That's a quote from Ruth Graham. Got to be real flexible in this ministry. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just have to... Like Mike was saying, you text as soon as the dates get put up and say, okay, when do I need to have breakfast ready? Or is it a lunch visit? Or is it a or 2 a.m. dinner visit? <laughs> like when you were in Chicago. I'm thinking about the time you were, we drove up to Chicago and sometimes we get a heads up, sometimes you don't. But mom's done a real good job of doing an advance work. So I see you're on tour. Mm-hmm. What day is Nashville? <laughs> and we know better, but when you were in going for your uh, orientation of Chicago scene. If that's the school you wanted to go to, we got a call as you drove up. I said, when are you going to be there? Well, we're actually rolling in in a couple hours. I said, well, knock on our neighbor's door, the Curlins, and they'll open the house for you. Yeah. They came at that point with 13 and, and Penny and wow. left this house spotless and really, they're just family, man. They really are family. And yeah. so it was really cool to to be with them and have that interview with them. So, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, that's valuable time that they have to rest, uh, when they don't have to be at sound check. Um, but then they, they put on an amazing show that night. Um, I think that was the most intense, uh, version of rainbow signs ever seen. It's one of the ones I prepped mom for when we were watching it. Mm -hmm. And then you got good time with Ricky's wife. Yeah. Um, and oh, cool. um, just the guys is, you know, they're getting ready to go on to the last show in Chattanooga, I think, right? Mm-hmm. was the last one. Yeah, and then they introduced Birmingham in Chattanooga. to, I didn't know who he was, Dave? Yeah, Dave Bazan from Pedro the Lion. They were so touring we with him. Guy. Yeah. We talked a lot about oh, painting Reef on the bus. It was good. But very, really, thank you for doing this, Michael. I just want to say for... Anyone listening, it's neat. You know, we have a thing in the ministry called Timothy Training. And what we have believed from the beginning is the greatest uh, missionaries you'll ever raise are in the four walls of your own home. And we never uh, have tried to force our kids anywhere which way to go, but we really believe every one of them is created can do anything. And so to see how you've yeah, thank you very much, helped buddy. us with this and you and Mary Beth and the picture she took and... The photos are those going to be available that they'll be able to see? Yeah, we're going to put up some uh, photos with this. Uh, a great segue because as soon as we did our last podcast to catch up, we started the uh, Instagram. So it's at PRM Podcast. Um, you can also follow Dad at PR Ministries and Mom at Celeste Guido. A lot of pictures of grandbabies. Uh, so yeah, we'll get yeah a lot of pictures of grandbabies. A lot of pictures of. Uh, uh, it'll be less pictures on the podcast one because we'll try and keep it to what we what we've been doing. But eventually, we'll have a space we can record a video while we do it too, so we could have a video because I know a lot of podcasts uh, have the accompanying video to go with it. But um, yeah, that's something we're going to try and do more often and try and it's basically the whole reason for the podcast was trying to put to words what. It is you guys do, but also who you are, because those two are very much in the same, um, can't have one without the other. So getting to know who you are and what you're about, you get to see how that um, affects what you do and how 
it gravitates you towards the people that you do. Because if you were to watch me without you play a hardcore band, um, got they've gotten more melodic over the years, but you wouldn't see them and think, oh, this these guys are friends with uh, Michael and Celeste. But the more you talk with them, the more you hear about what they're about, you realize that's something that you guys are very much family and akin to. Remember early on, they'd have those potlucks before the show. That's what really drew me to them early on. And they'd be, whether I saw them in Chicago, where you were, or Jonathan in L.A. when he was at Chapman, you were at University of Chicago, or New York when Danielle was there, and where you, but they'd always make time for our kids. But I watched how they worked with everybody, and they just would open it up. And I think uh, Aaron addresses that, about question and answers, and just hanging out with, with uh, some of the people who come to the show. But I, I really believe that um, what we do is not who we are, but who we are should affect how we do everything. And um, that's what is so beautiful about it. And I think what's really cool about Me Without You is um, it makes you stretch the envelope. What does it mean, uh, the people we work with, you know? And I've told you I, I've never liked the adjectives that try to define who we are. As you know, because if you ask, if you say you're a Christian, you have to find what you're not. But yeah, and we get into that with Mutayu because they very much are uh, always shifting, not only musically, but you know, as people, as Aaron says, we're all individuals, and we all love and care about each other, but we're all very different and um, have gone through different walks of life. But um, yeah, if you want to learn more about the ministry, or you want to give. Uh, to support, you know, feeding bands on the road or um, or you flying out to bands, Dad. Uh, if you're listening and you want to know how to support about support this ministry or learn more about it, you can go to www.prministries.com or you can follow Dad at, at PR Ministries or the podcast at PRM Podcast. Um, yeah, so without further ado, we can listen to... The around the table with me without you. Uh, yeah, the website to get them the pictures too. Yeah, you can get everything up there. So, we we speak about a God that I know less of every day, except one thing. He loves me. My theology gets bigger, and my mind can't contain it. Okay, so let your son take over. Okay. Uh, well, I guess the first, a good place to start is uh, <laughs> how did you guys all meet? Because obviously, got Aaron and Mike are brothers. You guys met pretty early on. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone getting close. Oh, good. 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 Yeah, Mike and I are brothers, um, and then uh, Greg, we met in high school, 
I met Mike in middle school, but and Aaron in high school. Yeah. Ricky, yeah, I basically met through the band, and I haven't met this guy yet. Was it? I was Ricky's gardener. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I met them when I was a senior in high school, and they were all older, older than I was. Okay. Through a mutual friend. Guy. Yeah, I'm the the pup. Still a point of pride for me. I'm the youngest in the band. <laughs> Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I met these guys through a mutual friend. Um, I yeah. knew of them before I even met them. We were legends. They were the kind of <laughs> flamboyant crew. Aaron colored his hair frequently, would bump into them at record shops or Dunkin' Donuts. They were skaters. Oh, yeah. Always filming at the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Even my sister knew you guys. Yeah. They like the... Make documentaries with like the people working there. Oh, really? Yeah. And they let you film in there? Mostly it was outside making movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> you met all these guys through playing. How, yeah. how much did you guys practice before your first show? I don't know. Maybe a few times? It wasn't okay. much. Our first show, we played two songs. Okay. So it's like as long as it took us to learn two songs. Yeah, the first show was just, me, Mike, and Aaron. We just wanted to play as quick as we could. Mm-hmm. So actually, yeah, everybody there wanted to two shows. <laughs> two shows in one day was our debut. Yeah, we did a tour of Delta. Where was the second show? At or your coffee tour. shop. Oh, my <laughs> by like the plexiglass. Oh, plexiglass thing. drums. Uh, can you guys not play too loud? Because <laughs> I was friends with these guys early on, but I wasn't in the first iteration of this band. Uh huh. I wanted nothing to do with the first iteration of this band. Not that I was asked, but it was like, we had a band, and then like it was like this kind of jokey, super heavy thing, and you know, I was happy to support it, but I, I wasn't a part of it, but I was around. So yeah, the one of the first shows, I guess, the first day was at my church would have this coffee house called Jehovah Java. And, uh, oh my gosh, Jehovah and, uh, Java, that's so I was like, yeah, I'll get my friends band to play. <laughs> That was that was Bean's idea. He was. I'm learning a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. I mean, just interviewing my dad, who you know I grew up with. It's fun to sit down and ask like where things started, and I've learned so much. My dad, uh, when he met my mom, was going to see a mine. Like he had a friend who studied under this guy from France who was like really good. But I never knew that part of the story. Like he was going to visit his friend in New York. Uh, that was his excuse, but he really was going to go see my mom. Guess he had moved out there. Um, and the first iteration of the band, you guys were hardcore, right? Kind of I mean, like, yeah, buttheads. Yeah. I remember getting a call from a friend when like more and more people were joining and the the message left on my parents answering machine was the monsters forming and i was like oh i think there was like a dream to be like slipknot have like 12 dudes cog that was like one part of the dream someone's dream someone's dream yeah i'm still stuck on jehovah Jireh. yeah i'm still there all right keep going but uh yeah we played a few shows we got signed Probably after under our twelfth show, maybe it was like wow. fast. It wasn't signed. Everything changed when we got signed. <laughs> right. Uh, but getting a like a real after like our fourth show, somebody's like, "Hey, we'll put out an EP and pay for it." And then after like our tenth show, it was like, "Hey, do you want to record? Uh, do you want to? Yeah, Tooth and Nail." 
that kind of happened. W- was that Chad Johnson right. who signed? No, was it was um, Adam. Adam, yeah, and then Greg. Adam McKinnon and Greg Patterson. Greg, Greg Patterson, Patterson. Right. yeah. Oh, they just happened to see us at like a generator. The the operation was playing Cornerstone, and I just yeah. got in the van, and we like had gear and played on like a crappy side stage. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll make a record. That's basically like how fast it happened. <clears throat> and when you guys start playing together, was it more just like the catharsis of playing hard and fast? Or was it like you guys thought this was going to be what you were doing? This was a side project in my, in my world. Yeah. The operation yeah. was my band. That was it. It was going to... You know, oh. have a shot at the dream or whatever, mm-hmm. and then um, it, you know, it was just something we would do as a way to kind of just switch it up and explore different sounds and things that you know we would never do with Greg's band. Um, and sometimes that was cool. Sometimes it was like there's a reason why we wouldn't do it with Greg's band because it's like not good you know <laughs> but um we just had but the cool thing was there was really like uh i think when you threw aaron on vocals it was almost just like well this this could just go anywhere like this could be something really special i'd say ricky as the drummer was what was what made the <laughs> made it go anywhere yeah but back to what you said uh even like recording like our second record i didn't think i'd be doing this 20 years later mm-hmm. so and that was never like the dream i don't think to have like a long sustained um thing where you kind of travel and play every night and like that i don't i don't know i just I pretty much thought we were done after every album we made, even four years ago. So it just and like somehow just keeps going. Yeah, it wasn't very long into like the first album cycle where I realized like <clears throat> this thing just could end at any minute. <laughs> the European tour. Yep. <laughs> and um, there was just you know that turning point in my sort of perspective of everything, where you just kept yourself grateful for whatever you got to do so far mm-hmm. and tomorrow is never promised you know this business is is just that way so mm-hmm. um that that's been cool to like, think about like if you would have told me geez like yeah like you're gonna go on i remember we had this meeting with this guy who wanted to manage us and he said yeah we're gonna we're gonna just do this ten years from now. You guys are gonna be looking back at your career, and you know. And I thought, man, we're gonna make it ten years. And now it's since that point, it's been like fifteen years. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a, I didn't think we'd make it ten. And yeah, I mean, who you know? It's it's kind of an insane thing that that has happened here. Um, but uh, well, you did write. You signed my high school yearbook saying. Because me and Mike were in our first band together in high school called Nothing to Lose. Um, Steve, Nothing to Lose. Joe, oh, yeah. Joe, Joe, I'm, I'm still there. <laughs> you did write, uh, I'll see you in a couple years on our first East Coast figure out <laughs> <laughs> So you were, uh, you know, you were, you were, you were. I was 
formula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. That's true. The East Coast uh, Army. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It was like Aston. <laughs> we were in Borders. Do you remember that? There was like calendars of the world, and there was the Spanish Steps. Do you remember this? Wait, like Borders books and music. What city? In like Pennsylvania. Okay. We were like in Ardmore. And we had just signed and you were like, see those steps? You're going to walk up them. I was like, all right, yeah. Take me wherever the Spanish steps are. <laughs> Which they're in Italy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, wow. So that's Mike crazy. fulfills his promises. Okay. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And there was this other time where we were in front of Rick's barbershop with Dad, Rich, Rich Mazzotta. It's called Rick's Place. Yeah, one, two, three, blank, blank, blank road up Barbie. Um, dang. I'm not close. trying to give away a whole address. Yeah, yeah, blank, blank, blank haircuts road. haircuts at Rick's Place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a website or anything, right? Nah. Anyway, so I remember you were talking about being in a hot tub in Sweden. Which we still haven't done yet. Okay. Exactly. Oh. But it was I like blindside guys up on that. Yeah. <laughs> which like, we saw last night. The goal of there. being in a hot tub in Sweden is still out there. But we did the Spanish. For the steps. sake of hanging with blindside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. If that happens, we'll do a podcast from the hot tub. Yeah. Broadcasting <laughs> live. <laughs> and underwater. From a hot tub in Sweden. The Swedish hot tub. My, my take of Sweden is you look at everybody and they look like they're runway models. They're just the kindest people. I've never had Sorry. any weird thing happen there. I just really enjoy Sweden. But. Um, yeah, that's that's my first memory of you guys was at um, the Muse. The Muse. Uh, underneath the interstate playing with Blindside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kick. The kick. The yeah. kick and then uh, Bradley the Poet. Oh, yes. yeah. And remember, they they called the fire department, made everybody get out, get out of the venue, and they said it was overcrowded. The fire captain they woke up, got him out of bed. He came and goes, "Okay, everybody went back in, and you guys finished the show." Yeah. I was like, "What? Nothing happened." They got me up for this. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but it was a powerful night that night. It I was... think, yeah, and um, if someone had only has only listened to me without you and hasn't seen you live, then they don't really quite get what the full vision is. Because I think, one, seeing Aaron run around the stage, two, In the Speedo. Prince. <laughs> seeing uh, Ricky lick the drumsticks. Yes. And then, <laughs> Which I'm still... Uh, I had him licked in a yeah, couple no, years. Okay. It <laughs> has to be a special... Maybe, in your honor. <laughs> but you guys, as a unit, it very much like a... It's a very unique experience, but... Um, how do you feel like first EP to now, um, how you got to where can you I, got? Can I just say on that note, the quote for the farewell tour is, if you haven't seen him live, you've never heard him. <laughs> That'll be Who the, said anything about a farewell yeah, tour? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you said that. I said, I tell everybody, I tell everybody, I said... There's at least after the, I they, they said, yeah. oh yeah, I've, I've heard a couple of me without you. I said, you've, then you've never heard him. If you've never seen them live, you're mixing up the the sense of vision with hearing. You know, <laughs> two different senses. No, no, you can't. There's I'm you confused. can listen to anything, but to fully capture the experience, you a live experience. Hey, why do people go to live shows? I just yeah. want to remind you, we're that. recording a mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, so I can't go X on this no, one. Oh, can't see this. That's true. 
So what's the point? What's the point? All right. But I feel you. I feel like there's a power in the live, any live show if a band's like trying to be genuine. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sonically, it's always going to be probably inferior to a studio recording. But like you said, there's some kind of, hopefully live. Well, if, kind of if, if you're going to a show for perfection, then you miss the real beauty of live music. Because live music, <laughs> live music, live music was never created to be anal and sterile. It's created to be. Now again, there has to be a discipline, which is conversations we've had. But I think you know, because you guys, you know, like a lot of people think Guido's so heavy, or Guido's all about God, or all this and the other. I don't quite understand Guido. What does he do? Let me tell you one thing I do. I know when music is good and when people have fun. And when people have fun, that's enjoying God. Listen, God was God said that all these all these studies of who is God and what is God it comes down to knowing Him and enjoying Him completely, fully or trusting. Her. What or her? Mm-hmm. Well, He, he mm-hmm. is her. Can I pray? Right, right, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you the verse <laughs> Zephaniah three seventeen, and I tell every artist this: God is a warrior, like a father warring for protecting his children. He's a, he comforts us with his love, the nurturing mother heart of God, and he sings songs over us. This is Zephaniah declaring who God is. So this is just my, what I profession, in my, what I profess is my faith, that the God I love, he will protect me and never stop loving me. He will nurture me in everything I ever go through, whether it's the loss of a grandson or the highest moments, whether it's the toughest things in marriage are the toughest things in family. He's not a performance-based father. And he not only protects me from those bad theologies, but he nurtures me with the fact he's always going to love me. And he's a creative. A warrior, a nurturer, and a creative. And when he sings songs over us, you don't think there's a power over music? You don't think there's a war over people not hearing the beauty of a song? Let me tell you what. God sings songs. I want to hear songs. And, I, and you guys say it every time, you changed our family's life. The music that got our son through depression helped him be a brother, helped me understand more about how little I know of God. I haven't thought of suicide and what? Well, now it's been about 15 years. <laughs> it's awesome. Nobody's singing those songs in the church. There's a, there's a physical response to your music live, but there's a spiritual like release in a lot of ways that when there's a darkness you know somehow getting in that mosh pit or jumping off the stage or um, screaming out these words that you listen to and you relate to it's there's a release to it and you know that might not have been what you guys got into it for but a lot of people that follow you that's that's what they really value. And so, like, for you on stage, and you see someone yelling and screaming the words that you wrote, and, you know, collectively the music that you guys put together, how's, how does that, like, in the moment, do you think about that? Or is it... Because I know you guys have played probably thousands of shows. That's We're right. at about 1272 at this point. 1272. Give or take. Give or take. There's like two aspects of that. There's like the you're playing a show and you're seeing people enjoy it and all the things you just said are happening. And then like 
the other night we play a show and the crowd is like doesn't even clap when we come out and you have to work for it Mm -hmm. and by the middle of it they're rocking with you and vibe but it took six songs and (laughs) carbro it legit took six or seven (laughs) songs to get people to do this so like it's It's not always i think i think i like both aspects of it i love rolling in and like people are really engaged with the lyrics and the music and they're like they know what's coming and then i also like when it's like who are these guys and then you have to like re-establish yourself and be like oh yeah it's not a given that everybody appreciates what we do um it reminds me of like the old days when we'd go out and we were first of four and like people hated it it's like no you're gonna like you're gonna take away something from this like I'm gonna lick a drumstick. Yeah. If I was, if the plane's going down, just get out a drumstick. Just lick it. Like that's they at least got five people in. Yeah, no, but there's like a lot of little things, and like there's like elements of like you don't. Me personally, now I try not to rely on like tricks that I know will make people react. Where that was a thing for a while. Like if I do this, I can garner this kind of reaction. Now it's just like. Every night before I go out and play, I try to strip it all and be like, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm not going to do this head movement because I did it last night and it just will feel inauthentic to me. Ooh. Personally, this is just my personal thing. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to go off. Live music. I like playing live music. That's a, I like it because it, it brings you to people and it's not just like a moment in time on a record that's like forever going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we also, I don't know if it's kind of about what you do, but also talk about what you guys are meant to us, you know, I'm going to probably speak for everybody and say, I'm like, the hospitality of your family has been like such like a restorative healing oasis on tour. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, you guys are so attentive to our lives and like, you come here and like, you feel known and seen mm. and that feels like God to me, you know, so there's a reciprocal um, you know, exchange. It's cool. You know, really not that it's transactional, but I just mean that there's like, of course. you know, there's there's a lot of love that envelops us when we come here, and it's and it's not it's not taken for granted. Well, we appreciate you guys. One thing, um, the mind is a crazy thing, and we're trying to fit God in our mind, as Jonathan said. He said, the problem with Christians, they have all the answers and no questions. Where's the wonder of God when you can fit him in your brain? This guy reminds me all the time about the wonder of God and, you know, the diversity. And, you know, we, my kids don't all believe like I believe. And I, I we think don't nobody help. believes like you believe. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me what I believe? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I went to, you know, I don't do really good at Christian events. Well, when the kids were little, you know, that's one of the things is I told my kids, you're not Christians. Marcus, honey, they're five years old. You can't say that. <laughs> He's not a Christian. I said, here's why. If you say you're a Christian, you have to define what you're not. But I'm fascinated by the man Jesus Christ, and I'm going to pursue the way he lived. I want to know more about his love. I want to know more about what he meant when he said, if you're my friend, follow me. I want to follow him. I'm not following a pastor. We're not following church. We don't go to church. I was just with a guy who worshipped the Yankees, and he's... Um, his point was, Guido, I don't have time to go to church when I come home. 
He said, I'm so effing beat up. He says, you keep it real and you keep it raw. You come to me and you don't, we don't have to turn around and greet somebody. He goes, you know, I remember that one as a Catholic. You turn around and shake a hand. He goes, nothing, nothing offensive in it. I understand that. But for me, I'm around so much crap all day long. He says, when I come home, I just want to be with my family. I want to soak up the love of my children. I said, well, let me tell you what, what we do that might help. When I was gone three, five weeks, I said, when I came home, I didn't want to go to church. But if the kids wanted to go to church, go to church I first remind them, we don't go to church. We are the church. Secondly, uh, what I would do is say, hey, kids, what do you want to do? Want to go to the picnic? Go, go to Radnor Lake? So if we did, they would tell me, and, and we would go, and they would share their view of God and what they feel or drop pictures, and we'd have communion. We'd bring grape juice and a gallon of wine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's crazy when they were little. Celeste says this all the time. She goes, we never even drank when the kids were little. Mm-hmm. You know, she nev- We never had alcohol in our house, and we never talked about it. We just never talked against it before. We just, you know, we didn't talk about against faith. Yet, I thought we were very, very liberating and free, but for them, it was probably legalistic because, you know, and so studying Muslim, studying Jew, studying whatever, I just, I just want to know how to love better. And so for you guys, you do that well. I just want you to know that. And I say this all the time about the Me Without You family. You'll never leave it. You can be away for a while, but you'll never leave. There's one guy who did, maybe. But, but, but I'm just saying, you guys... There's <laughs> <laughs> a couple, but... Yes. No, I know what you mean. That's something that he plays with yeah. all the time. Well, I think that when Michael asked the question, I mean, I'm going to listen to this whole taping because I want to hear more of that backstory, which I've never heard. Um, so. But to get back to being on a Christian label, though, that's really interesting switch for you guys because I almost felt like because there's a time Aaron when you would have like a question and answer like before or after shows with people it was never structured you know basically any time I never even thought of it as a question and answer I guess we just end up in these conversations and if there's a bunch of people looking at me and asking me questions and I fall into trying to answer them Mm -hmm. so it became like this kind of back and forth thing between a group and me uh, sometimes just before the show sometimes after a show sometimes at, at a, if it was a festival we were playing there a couple of days it might be you know on a little stage off in a corner somewhere not related to a show we're playing but just an event of its uh, of itself that if somebody who's running the stage asked me to do it but it was always kind of an impromptu thing I've never like billed myself as that or scheduled right. something like that um, other than like a, a day of or a moment of kind of thing yeah, and I feel like Bazan is a lot like that too, where he started yeah. off with Pedro Lion and um, seeks a lot of things that are at a deep level. And then having expectations as a band is one thing, but then having expectations as like a Christian band, and then you go through your own faith journey and you get to uh, a place where a lot of people don't expect you to be like there is some sort of dialogue that has to happen for a lot of people that are following you. But it's interesting to see when people engage like that because David Bazan had those house shows and like a lot of it's just asking faith questions and I'm just like listening, like mind blown. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's got to be a struggle for you 
or at least like something hard to overcome if someone's expecting you guys to be a hardcore band for your entire lives, but then also like to have the faith thing attached to it. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the trickiest part for me of that is that we're made up of six different people, really. And seven, eight. Seven, eight. Yeah, add, I mean, depending Nine. on where you draw the boundaries. Mm. The band is definitely more than, you know, my beliefs, and people characterize us according to our faith, or as dumpster divers, or as communitarians, or all these things mm. that I've either attempted to embody or talk about, and that seems kind of unfair to all the other guys who either, yeah. you know, are just all at all different places. Embodying the movie Animal House. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So it's part of why I've always I've been gra- I've gravitated more toward those kind of interactions um, or dialogues before or after shows, and or, or at a at a side stage at a festival. And never, I mean, there's been times you know in between songs I'll try to talk to fill the space you know mm-hmm. during a show, but less and less as time goes on because to me that increasingly feels that's the time for the band to perform and that's the time people are paying money to come see a, a musical performance and there's something for one, one it would feel disingenuous to represent the, the band in that way at that time and number two it felt inappropriate about talking about things that seem spiritual in nature during a time that people have paid money to come uh, see so um, I, I guess to use Beeb's phrase a separation of church and state to some extent when it comes to like when I'm representing the band or when money is being exchanged to me mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like the time to express my faith yeah it's not like a TED talk where people mm-hmm. are waiting for an hour dialogue it, right. I and, mean, if, and, and, and if it were or even right now because we're, you know it's isn't it, no money changing hands but still it's a time where talking as a group, I there's a lot of things I'd love to get into about faith and about how Guido and I have wrestled with that together over the years. And that's to, actually the most important part of my connection to your family. I love the food and being treated with the hospitality. But the most valuable part to me of, about my relationship with your family is the ability to go straight to those matters instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we have some differences in maybe how we view God or we've all changed over the years, I don't have to feel like I have to have these kind of artificial conversations or surface level things. We can go straight to how we're really doing, what's most important to our lives, which in, at least for me and Guido, I think we share this common fixation on God. Mm. And so we can go there immediately, right mm-hmm. away. Um, but not, but here if we're doing a podcast, you know, that's probably not what I would want to talk about. Like yeah. in, insofar as you're talking about the band, because I really am trying to separate what I believe personally or that journey of mine personally from what this band is and has become. Because we, we've changed our personal beliefs over time. We've changed the label we're working with. We've changed members to where some of the guys have come and gone. That radically alters the overall kind of equilibrium of the band in terms of belief. And so the, when people ask, like, is me without you a, you know, blank, a Christian band or something? To me, it's just an incoherent question because mm. it's a, we're a moving target. I wouldn't know what it would mean for a band to be a Christian as an adjective. Mm. And, in the first place, so we just don't really, you know, we don't feel that question even anymore. Yeah. So it doesn't even really come up. It used to be a common thing. It's yeah. more like a marketing or like like a categorization than it does like, yeah, like the essence. Like how do you describe like, you know, a band, this unit of, yeah, you said six, seven, eight people being 
of this faith, you know, it's like, you know. And I think that's a kind of like a, what we were getting to about you guys doing this as you're living and being willing to let it go at any moment because to define something that's changing and has all these moving parts and then to hold on to it is really, you can get a lot more disappointed if it changes or if it's gone. And you all have family, you know, now most of you are married. Are we all married? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Every, everybody at the same And then mm-hmm. getting, getting close to all having kids. Then you really so, find out how little you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting um, to think of uh, not only defining a band, but defining yourself when so much is changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Trust me, like, there's moments, like, I'm backstage, like, about to go on, like, look in the mirror, like, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> like, looking at, like, a distorted image in a mirror. Showtime! It's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they say acid's always in your spine. Yeah, but there's, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, bring me somebody that's, like, I know who I am. Yeah. And then throw some weird life curveball at them and then see who they yeah, really they are. are. There you go. Good idea for a reality show. Yeah. 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 Curveball. 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 Yeah. Curveball. That's a great. That's a great. Yeah, I think that's one thing you guys have navigated well. But I'd like to hear Beaver, if, if I could, and Mike too, know um, just some of your insights to it. Because I, I think really, I agree with you. It's the people pay money, and I think one thing that artists don't appreciate, it is not your soapbox. It's not your stage. It is something that, and you can navigate through it and come to a, a consensus and agreement. But I think the tension is what makes it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because you have to have the conversations. It can't be all this way or this way. We have to grow. Just like a song. A song is a child and it continues to develop. Mm-hmm. If you play the song the same like it is on the album, I'm sorry. It's not growing. It should always be more fun. Because when songs get stale, you know when you write a song, it's always, when it's brand new, it's like, wow, I can't wait to play that. You know, play the old song. The only way the old song's fun is if you let new, new things influence. Yeah. Anyway, it's the same, I think, for what you guys believe as a philosophy, uh, a theology, whatever. I agree with you. You can't label anything Christian. I'm sorry. That, to me, I tell people all the time, the word Christian was coined by a pagan culture in Antioch, trying to figure out a label to name the people who follow Jesus. He said, you're my friends. And that's what we want you guys to know. You're our friends. And I don't know what's going to happen with this. I mean, it's my son's trying to help get the, the ministry more visible because we don't ask anybody for anything. He's trying to get people to, to learn, more, learn more about us. And so my wife told me last night, Dave Mustaine's wife listened to one of the podcasts about marriage, one of the ones. So this was just him and Mary Beth trying to give back to us mm-hmm. And you guys doing this is the first, you know, because there's other people that that have wanted to and will. But it means a lot because you guys, re- I don't like when everybody agrees. I told my sons when they were young, I go, you know, when Jonathan started questioning or Michael question, I go, you know, I work with some guys that will agree with everything. I get up in pro-life and pro-choice in five minutes. I said, that's not healthy. But know why you believe and you'll find out you don't know a lot of the things that you say you believe. And that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
this is, I'm sorry, I just, I just want you to know this has never been our intention to try and convert anybody. Oh, early on it was. Well, this guy for sure. <laughs> Baby! I can't win, man. I just come, I try to smile, be happy. Come back married, come back pregnant. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to tell us you're pregnant. No, no, no. Not you, but you're Labs, pregnant. baby, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Molly um, told me when she came on tour, so maybe that's what Labs is going to do. Actually, and Mike, can you speak can I dip for five? <laughs> She's getting on a plane to come down here. Yeah, 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 I want to get her before. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Go get her. Babe, yeah, they're giving us the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find out she's pregnant. Every big, that's for sure. Well, yeah, we can we can call it, but I appreciate you guys taking the time because this is your rest time, and uh, yeah, we're excited to to see you play tonight and uh, safe travels Thanks. back Thank to Philly. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Mike, do you want to get anything in there before we're done? Oh, I always feel awkward about it. Yeah, just, being addressed as part of the band. I like that idea that, like, the band is like, oh, it's also your front of house, and it's your bus driver, and it's your ex-members, and it's... And this crew it is. It is, it is. This crew it is. That's cool, that's cool. Um, So I was getting a little, uh... And I just like to speak up unless I'm addressed directly. (laughs) Because I feel like there's lots that I could say about the band. My experience with the band is very different than these guys. I tend to focus a lot on email and spreadsheets and art direction and the things that are not fun. (laughs) Christian spreadsheets? (laughs) Christian (laughs) spreadsheets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a running spreadsheet to see everyone's hat. Christian Excel. Excel for Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So what percent Christian are you feeling today? Well, I gotta run down the spreadsheet, man. I gotta look at my averages. Um, I will say about this house, just as a tiny tidbit, where, like, I was late to the party, obviously, like, coming here and meeting you guys, and they always spoke so highly of this house and the experiences here. And my first couple times, there was some trepidation just because, you know, I come from a pretty, like, Christian family, and I definitely, over the years, rejected that and for various reasons. And So I, there, there was an immediate warmth, for sure, that was very attractive to me. But, you know, I was a little hesitant with the... And, and I feel like, yeah, over the past couple of years, I went through some health stuff, and you were, like, incredible to me that whole period of time. And, like, through those years, a lot got formed of just, like, we had a lot of talks where I I felt like I was kind of, like, untruthful with you (laughs) over those first couple years of being like, yeah, no, I I walk in the light of the Lord, you know, just, like, saying whatever I needed to to, like, kind of... Put that conversation to get you on a vegan sausage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's the yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think like uh, what what has changed uh, about that is you know um, not not it's not it's not it's not so much a, a faith thing or any, you know anything like fundamental like that. But it's it's understanding realizing that like I don't need to walk on eggshells. You know it, 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 that it's there's. Like you kind of said before, that it's about uh, it's about this, it's about community, and you know, and wh- whether we call it God or whatever, it, it's kind of inconsequential to me. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's about like friendships and families, and um, and that's like a common it's a common thread that is like a beautiful thing, and that can be shared, and that's very real and authentic, and 
it doesn't matter what I label it or, or don't label it or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's just that's mm. that's it's kind of beneath the the real source of it, you know. And so, awesome. yeah. So oh, through the years, it's, this has been a place of complete, like complete and utter like uh, a love, and it, mm. it, it's great. So yeah. Well, I it think took me a while. But. I think what I would love to say is that this is you guys are family, so. A family walks through the door, the first thing we want to greet them with is love. Sure. And that this is a safe place. And I just feel like that's what a gift is when you guys come into town. You're a safe place for us. We're a safe, hopefully a safe place for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have that's been what family is. Yeah, 100%. I feel that love from afar from you guys. Just because, mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, you, know, you text me, Celeste, all the time. Like you see the tour dates go up, and you're like, "Wait, when are you coming to town? When are you coming to town? Are you guys gonna stop it?" We're gonna try to do it before when we're in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're here now. Yeah. Or just like I get calls from Guido while I'm on the toilet. You know, I'm like, always just gonna pick up. You know, we're always gonna talk, and when we just kind of catch up. And when B was going through that health stuff, I gave you a yeah. call. It's yeah. just like yeah. I don't That's know. I just was like, I'm gonna, call, I'm gonna call Guido. Yeah. Mm. Just let him know something's gone with B, and we don't know what it is. And yeah. No, that was a really awesome uh, period of time learning experience for me on not just that stuff, but on this level, on like mm-hmm. a familial level. Like, oh, this is like, you guys are family. I realized, mm-hmm. you know, what, what that means. You know? what family does. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love you guys. Well, I think what's, what's been, been refreshing for us is that um, it started with those songs, you know, you guys would sing and I'd go, what are they singing about, Michael and Jonathan? And, they kind of tell me and you know again um you guys were always here at op- perfect timing perfect timing mm-hmm. last when josiah we yeah. lost him you guys were just here and then you were here last fall raking leaves and odelia <laughs> was just born yeah. you know so I, I i hope you guys understand um if if there is a god and most people who have a faith say, God is love, well then shouldn't that be the indication that this house should be based mm-hmm. on love and mercy and forgiveness? Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. And, and um, I, unfortunately, we don't learn much through good times. We learn in hard times. Yeah. And whether it's health issues or um, marriage struggles, and we've had or our loving share. on our son when he's over here, or taking mm-hmm. them on the road. I mean, my gosh, gosh you, guys that, been, yeah. you guys have been true brothers. You've so. been family to us. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, anytime you're here, obviously, we feel like families come into town. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we're related anyway, but I think it's we have a common uh, love to one be real with each other but to like drop uh our stuff to be there for others yeah. we'll see how you guys are no yeah we did find out we are blood related yeah, that's <laughs> He's always, he's the jack, loves Ancestry.com. Oh, really? He just dropped on the group chat and he subscribed.